Hello, my fellow underworld underlings. You're listening to Wormwood, a serialized mystery. I'm David Acampo, and I have the privilege of bringing to you our latest installment of the Wormwood Portraits Postmortem Series. The Wormwood Postmortem Series is a look behind the scenes at the creation and production of our shows. And at this point, the Portraits Postmortems are threatening to overtake the Wormwood Portraits themselves. But that is okay, because this is an episode that you demanded. You asked for us to have a postmortem chat show with our actors, and that is what we're bringing you today. We sat down on Skype with some of them, and we answered your listener questions. And we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. But first, I have a few things I'd like to share with you. As you know, we don't have ad sponsors on our show, but that doesn't mean we can't tell you about some cool things that have come to our attention. In this case, we were approached by a longtime fan of the show, Daniel Emmons, who asked us if we'd help him out with a charity bike-a-thon that he started. It's called Bike Riding is Child's Play, and Dan created this in an attempt to get in shape and to donate money to the charity Child's Play. His goal is to accumulate $1,000 for the charity, which he will earn by having people donate one penny for each mile he rides between Memorial Day and Labor Day of this year. He's also going to chronicle this as sort of a living documentary so that you can visit his site, and he's going to post frequent videos of his trials and triumphs, hopefully triumphs, Dan, So his site is dexcheck.com, D-E-X-C-H-E-C-K.com, and you can learn more about Child's Play at childsplaycharity.org. So what does this have to do with Wormwood exactly? For our help in raising awareness of Dan's good deed, we're going to co-sponsor a special Wormwood contest with him. The contest rules are going to be very simple. All you have to do is you have to go to DexCheck.com, and you're going to look for a special post that Dan has created specifically for this contest. Dan is looking for real-life scary stories. He wants something spooky or otherworldly that has happened to you or a friend of yours. You can post your story in the comments section of that post, and Dan will select a winning story, which we will then read on the air. And if that's not cool enough, Dan would also like to give the winner a Wormwood hoodie from our online Wormwood store, uh, a Wormwood hoodie sweatshirt, courtesy of Dan. So thank you very much, Dan, for drawing attention to this excellent deed, and I hope that you will go and check out his website and join in the contest. The contest is going to be open until April 1st, so get your comments, your rather, I'm sorry, get your stories into the comments section by April 1st, and we will pick a winner, and uh, we'll have Dan on the show, and uh, we'll read the story. Now, the next cool thing I want to share with you comes from one of our cast members, Rob Allen, who you know as the voice of Special Agent Wojtek, as well as a few other fun assorted characters, recently starred in a short film called Long Awaited, which screened at a recent film event called Projections. So that's cool enough as it is, but what's very cool is these films are now available on the website, which is projections2010.com projections2010.com. It's a great website. There are three films and trailers are available for each of those films, but you can actually get a special screener version of all three of the full-length short films only if you have a special URL and password. And I have 
that information for you, our listeners. So what you need to do is you need to go to projections2010.com forward slash watch and you will be prompted for a password to see a DVD screener version of the film. The password is simply projections. That's easy enough to remember. Password projections. And you can then watch any of the three films. Rob's film, Long Awaited, is a great little piece. It's a largely silent role for him, but it is the lead role. And uh, it involves a lot of acting in ways that you're not used to from Wormwood, which demands depends all on audio. So check out that. Let's uh, support our actors and uh, check out that very cool film. And let us know what you think about that. And I think we're ready for the actors chat. This one ran almost two hours, so we're going to break it up into two parts. I'm going to bring you the first half today, and uh, we'll bring you the second half sometime next week. So for now, let's get started. Welcome back to Wormwood Portraits Postmortem Series. I'm David Acampo, and I've got with me today Jeremy Rogers. Jeremy. Hello, everybody. Hello. So on this special edition, special installment, this is the installment that you demanded, you the listeners demanded. We have our actors with us today, and they're going to answer your questions. So let's see who we've got here in our virtual roundtable going around the, the table. I've got Rob Grinlinger. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Rob plays Sheriff Bradley and a host of other characters. Yes, and, my favorite, Julian Calendar. <laughs> Julian Calendar. Then I've got Sonia Parozzi. Hello. Sonia plays Sparrow and Rachel Nolan. <laughs> and a few other odds, odds and ends, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> then I've got Peter Dirksen. Hey. Peter, you know as Jimmy Details. And Jonesy. And Jonesy. <laughs> and then I've got Ben Boodman. Hello. Ben plays Bishop Grail. And uh, who else do you play? You play Chip Drexel. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and the, uh, the uh, deceased uh, Mr. Carrefour. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of our new cast members, we have Bryony James. Hello there. And Bryony plays Miss Ginter, one of our favorite new additions. Yeah. <laughs> So how are you guys all doing today? Great. Crying right. out, having rained terribly here yesterday. <laughs> it's, a be- it's a beautiful day today, though. Mm-hmm. Today's really... I love the, the day after it rains. It smells so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Did it rain yesterday? Oh, yeah. Last, Last night. Last night, Last yeah. night. Yeah. I missed it. Yeah. And the rest of the country is going, oh, you pussies in California. Of course. <laughs> exactly. It was cold, though. It was cold. <laughs> it, it was like 55. <laughs> it was, I think it was 65 degrees, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It yeah. doesn't go that low, does it? I, I think it, it has. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not natural. All right. Well, we just wrapped up Wormwood Portraits. Um, and... Uh, once again, our you know we have to hand it to our stellar cast. They do a fantastic job. They make uh, Jeremy's job and my job a heck of a lot easier, and we have an awful lot of fun. I think we do anyway. But uh, you know, we we've done a writers' discussion previously, and we talk about what goes on behind the scenes in in creating the episodes and bringing them out to you guys. But uh, you know, one the the next piece of that puzzle is the actual production where we get all these guys together, and. Uh, 
and basically we sit around for about eight hours and uh, bring four people in at a time, and we just burn through the scripts. So before we get to the listener questions, I just kind of want to touch base with you guys briefly, and we've got Peter and Sonia and Rob have all been with us from the very beginning. So I want to ask you guys first. I want to ask you, how has it... How has your perception of the group, of the recording sessions, of Wormwood itself, how has that changed over the past three seasons? Well, considering we started, what, our first recording session was July of 2007. Mm-hmm. So we've actually known each other that long. And for the fact is we've actually only met, what, nine times total? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think that's I don't know, but I, I feel like you guys are like a, a, a cast that I've been with forever. You know, yeah, we know you agree. guys and, and everything, even though we only get together for eight hours every, what, couple of months? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real, it's just because, we, I guess it's because we listen to each other every week and sit there and laugh hysterically behind the scenes. And, and so. <laughs> it's funny, too, because Jeremy and I don't really get to see this too much, but because we're busy sitting there, you know, knocking out what we have to get out, bringing people in and doing the recording. But in the meantime, when you guys don't have your lines, you're all sitting out there and you guys get to, uh, you know, chat and, and become friends. <laughs> and we mostly sleep and eat, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mostly sit in one of the rooms and just talk to myself in different voices. <laughs> <laughs> but he does that even if Wormwood didn't exist. So, you know, that's not. <laughs> I feel like we kind of rescued him a little bit. Like a shelter puppy. <laughs> <laughs> so now Ben and Bryony. Now Ben, you came in in season two, and you yes. came into the already, you know, a cast already in progress. What experience? What was that experience like for you? Um, it was to be completely honest. It was a little daunting, um, uh, and because uh, I've never done uh, voice work before, um, and I and I was just I had no idea what to expect. But um, you know, after the you know I think the first session that I did, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And, and, uh, you know, I was glad that you guys, uh, kept me around and, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's fun. It's, I, I love doing voices. So it, it, um, satisfies that, uh, that desire. And Bryony, how about you? You came uh-huh. in just in the, in the last session. So that was your first yeah. experience with this crazy group. <laughs> well, I kind of had had a heads up. <laughs> Rob filled me in, but it was really awesome to come in and see how well everybody was prepared and how open you guys were to just listening. Um, that's something I didn't expect. Um, it's hard to say. I remember doing this gorilla voiceover work years ago so and my expectations were not grand and it was oh wow we got real equipment here <laughs> this is two beta machines and a tv monitor so that was wonderful <laughs> she's she's kind of had to put up with me for the last three years with the scripts and rehearsing and things like that so it's not Wormwood wasn't a total surprised place for her. She's She's been there before. <laughs> well, she certainly uh, came in and blew us away with, uh, with Miss Ginter, so that was a lot of fun. That's such fun. <laughs> um, so now with Wormwood Portraits, that, that was our last um, 
you know, that's that's our latest one. And it was a little bit different this time. They were all sort of individual stories, and I think we gave you guys some a lot of extra voices. Would you say more more than normal, more than usual? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had some different voices. Was the experience with portraits any different than than the others? Did you like it more or less? Just sort of just sort of different. Well, I, I knew in my case it was nice. Like one of my characters is Don Marino. And usually he's got, you know, a page or two or at the most three in various episodes all for the last couple of seasons. But with The Criminal's Tale, it was like I had a, a full page and a half monologue, which Don Marino's never had before. And uh, I really appreciated fleshing out the, you know, the character as much as we did in that one. Because it's like I said, it's one of my favorite characters. And I really haven't had much of a chance to really let go with him. So this was a really nice opportunity and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I I got to do different sides of both Jimmy and Jonesy, and uh, that was an interesting challenge to do a more serious Jimmy in some regards, and uh, crazier as well, but like a older almost. And then Jonesy to do just a a whole episode of Jonesy was uh, it's a lot vocally, and it's um, it's interesting to try to do a younger Jonesy too. It's just a whole new challenge. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a crazy episode, but I think you did it well. <laughs> It was fun. Hey, hold on a second. I got a phone call. I'm sorry. Hello? All right. Well. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so. <laughs> no, no. Well, just, yeah, just call. Um, no, it's cool. Yeah, just go ahead. Uh, all right. Cheerio. <laughs> Cheerio, mate. <laughs> uh, sorry. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, um, I forgot to mute. I'm sorry. I forgot to mute my mic. Yeah, no problem. No problem. We're good. Um, all right. You can cut that out later on. Yeah, you know, yeah, that. we'll cut that out. All right. Um, so I, what I want to do is I want to get on to the uh, to the um, um, the listener questions. I mean, we have a lot. Uh, you know, people ask really detailed questions. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, so there's a yeah. lot here. Yes, they did. My goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna um we're gonna try and get through these as, as quickly as we can. Um uh uh you know we'll get through as many as we can. Hopefully we can do, we can do them all. Um, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to start this time with the, the Facebook questions. Um, and let's see, there's two places where they were posted. So I'm going to go through here. Um, so Jeremy, I'm looking at the, uh, the, the lower ones on the, uh, the Wormwood Facebook page. I don't know if you have those up right now. I have the, the word document. Give me one second. Oh, okay. Yeah, I add, I've, I've actually got the pages up because I we added a few since then. So the first one is from Daniel Danielectro Soma. Soma, those of you who have done stage or film work previously, do you find working in the audio theater theater medium more, less, or equally challenging? Does it provide you with more freedom or is it more limiting? Thanks. Hmm. So well, yeah, okay. Oh, Sonia, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, for me, um, I think it can be as equally challenging. I think that the challenges that it that it gives you are just different. Um, but there, again, there is a freedom to it, too, at least for me, that I really enjoy. Um, because it kind of gives you the opportunity to be, you're not casted in a physical way. So it's really, you don't have to worry about fitting a character as far as like physically so you can kind of be whoever you want to be with your voice so what you're really saying here is you can show up in sweatpants 
No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's a great thing. No. <laughs> no, what I mean is is you're not limited to who yeah. to who you can be you know, cast typed as. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. I, I know from, from my stage experience, which uh, you know, being the old the old man of the series as it were, um, I have I mean, I'll be brutally honest, I have I have a bitch time trying to learn lines. So having a script in front of me uh, makes it easier for me, obviously, because the script's right in front of me. But it also you develop your, you can develop characters with a little rehearsal to come up with voices. And it's also like like Sonia said, the way you look. Uh, I mean, if people knew the way I really looked, and they heard, they saw me, and they heard that voice as as Sheriff Bradley, they go, "He doesn't look like Sheriff Bradley." I mean, I, I tend to look more like, you know, Cedric, uh, which, according to that guy's drawing that he did, yeah, it does look like me, which is really frightening. I'll keep working on the corpse aspects. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, I, I enjoy the, the spoken word media much better. Um, as I said, physically, it's a little less demanding as far as you don't have to get up and schlep all over the place with it. But uh, I've also, you know, I love using my voice for various things. I've always done that with the characters I played on stage as well. So being able to let it up, to let the people's imagination come into play and say, well, this is what I imagine he looks like, or this is what I imagine he, he does, or anything else like that. It's a nice little treat because, you know, I know what I'm doing on this side of the mic, but what gets out there is something that I, I really appreciate the fact that our audience could get their own ideas of things. That's fun. The, do you, do any of you find it limiting in some way where you'd like to uh, you you might like to play the lines in a certain way uh, you know with a certain physicality and you can't do, do you find well it's a, oh go ahead I just say I have uh, one other problem that sometimes I find hard to deal with is that um, we're reading from the scripts uh, so it's good that we can have all the lines in front of us but then it's, sometimes it's hard to uh, make eye contact with with someone you might be doing a particularly emotional scene with, and uh, it's, it's a little bit harder to get the emotional resonance, which which then helps uh, that we've been doing these scenes with some of the same people for three years now, and can kind of learn cadences and and speech patterns and stuff like that, and I think that actually helps. Or on stage, you get to you know you can see your your scene partner so much easier. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. There are other occasions where I've, I've been tempted at times with some of the lines that I just want to get up and pace and walk around while I'm doing it. You know, like setting up six mics all around the studio and walking and waving my arms and everything. Hey, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, I've got a Joe wants to add to the conference. I think that must be Joe Thomas. I didn't know yeah. he was. Uh, I, Joe I didn't Thomas. think he was available, but let's let's get him on the line. We'll just kind of cut this part out. Can you hear me now? Oh. Uh, it's, hey, it's Arthur. Hey. Arthur. <laughs> Jimmy Arthur. D. Oh. Hey, Arthur. Hey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> who is Arthur? Uh, Arthur. Arthur. Stuff. It's us. Uh, you mm -hmm. found out. I mean, you. I thought we had this worked out. Skype. Yeah, I know. I thought we did, too. Doctor. Uh, <laughs> Nice to meet you all. Who is there? Jimmy D, are you there? One song, please. If you uh, Arthur, find... it's Peter. It's Pete. Pete. Arthur, it's Peter. Peter who? I'm asking to speak to Jimmy Details, the youngest man on the team. Jimmy, 
Jimmy, I heard your voice. That's exactly what I wanted to avoid. Sing Jimmy, your latest song. Give it to us now. Arthur's so funny. It's so crazy. I mean, he's... Yeah, lovely, lovely. Is there a way to do this unlisted? Unlisted? Who said that? Arthur, it's it's Dave and Jeremy here. Dave and Jeremy. Who are Dave and Jeremy? Directors and writers. Directors and writers of what? Wormwood? You know, we have you come in all the time and you do your lines. Oh, you're funny, aren't you? You're a comedy writer. <laughs> what is your name, sir? <laughs> Dave, Dave, just... Dave? Nice. Dave? <laughs> you only have one we, Dave? I, this, okay, I'm going to be straightforward with you, Arthur. This is exactly why we didn't Dave, ask you to be, be on the show. Every day of the year. Straightforward. Doctor, this is this is Sarah Bradley. Uh, listen, somebody at the cafe must need you for something. Uh, I, I understand uh, Dietra had been calling looking for you. I, I think maybe you need to go and see her. I'm at the cafe, Sheriff Bradley. Oh, Deirdre is right here. Would you like to speak to her, Deirdre? Come, uh, Deirdre. Oh God. Okay. That is, that's Deirdre. Girls just want to have fun. <laughs> oh, no, no, this is going out of control. Uh, Arthur, uh, Arthur, Arthur, are you there? Arthur? Doctor Arthur. Da- Sander. Xander, Xander, uh, you know, we're not going to have another um, therapy session for a couple months. Well, we're going to do that very soon. <laughs> He's, a funny... He's a comedy writer. <laughs> no, I just... This was supposed to be a special thing where we talked to the actors about... The round uh, table, correct? Well, yeah, yeah. They, yes. This one, in fact, sitting at a round table? Uh-huh. You are! Uh, no, no, it's it's sort of a virtual round table. It's, it's a discussion we're, we're having. It's like the same thing, though. You're right, you're right. Arthur, you're totally it's right. It's like the same thing. forms the cockles of my heart. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> so happy to speak to you need again. to lay off that whiskey. Oh, wait a second. I want to cockles. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think he just heard you, Sonia. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, uh, Arthur, Arthur, would you like to... Would you like us to if you're a writer, stop writing, and I'll stop talking. Sparrows, sparrows, sparrows. I actually idea. do have a question for Arthur Russell from one of the, the listeners. My eye. They want to know if Arthur oh. Russell is actually Rowan Atkinson. Oh, <laughs> Sparrow, Sparrow. Rowing where? Rowing to Africa? Oh, boy. All right. No, okay. I'm not. We got no, a limited time here, Arthur. In... We gotta... oh. oh, I just lost Arthur. Oh, sorry oh. about that, uh, Arthur. Too bad. We'll Shame. Just come back to... We all got off very easy time. this time. So what, is, that's pretty funny. so what has this uh, second string Rex Harrison been up to lately? <laughs> oh, I'm going to call him back. Is no, that okay no. If I call him? Peter, Peter, no. I think we just need to move on. Move on. That's why we said that this was going to be a special private group. Do you remember? <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, can we get back to the questions? Uh, okay, uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that to our listeners. Uh, just something behind-the-scenes stuff that we kind of have to deal with sometimes. We'll probably just cut this part. So, uh, Jessica Nance Cassell asks a question of you guys, uh, the actors that we invited here today. Uh, She asks, um, 
Uh, for actors that have done previous film and stage work, again, do you find it easier to get into character for a physical role? How do you prepare yourself to become your character for Wormwood? So that's kind of an interesting variation on the previous question. Uh, <laughs> read the script twice, come up with an idea for a character, and go with it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Three cups yeah. of coffee and, a tr- and uh, the studio? <laughs> You guys, uh, yeah, you guys actually sent me um, a good uh, for the Carrefour character. You sent me like a video uh, documentary on uh, Haiti, and that actually helped a lot because I, I watched that like five times and picked up, you know, the uh, the accent. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that one where I was very nervous about, you know, introducing a Haitian character and not making it sort of a mockery and and everything like that. So we wanted to treat it really seriously. And so I remember I had found that uh, clip and sent that to you. So I'm glad that was helpful. Yeah, very helpful. I think um, for the initial characters, we gave you guys certain guidelines. Um, And in fact, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to – this is an older question. We tried to answer this last time. It was on the writer's discussion, and uh, I didn't get an answer from from you in time, Peter. But someone – and I'm going to forget who the listener was, but thank you for this question. Um, They asked uh, your inspiration for Jimmy Details. So we came in, and we kind of just – I don't remember what we told you, but what did you come to us with in in your mind? How did you prepare for Jimmy Details? (laughs) Uh, I – in the initial audition, I was literally just doing a Napoleon Dynamite impression. <laughs> and um, it's changed quite a bit since that time. But I think that was the initial initial emphasis for it. And I just liked the way that he was he was so clearly an outcast and nerdy, but he was so emphatic about, you know, all of his opinions and how uh, he he acted like he was really cool, which, uh, you know. It's kind of my basis for Jimmy details. I, I think we, I think we kind of morphed Jimmy uh, more, more to fit, fit your delivery of him after the first episode too. After we heard what you were doing with him, because I think he was l- written a little differently at first than he is now. Definitely, Maybe. yeah, it, it definitely. That's something from the writer's side that we evolve as we hear you guys. We sort of change our our style. Um, you can bet that Miss Ginter will probably <laughs> evolve now that now that Jeremy knows that it's Cindy Lopper because <laughs> that wasn't something it, we it, we went in. It already to. has, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, w- I think we had certain ideas going in. Like we knew that Sheriff Bradley wanted it was gonna had to sound kind of like world weary and and you know he had to be this guy that's sort of like oh all right I'll do, and and he had to have the right kind of quality, but we didn't know beyond that exactly what it would be. Now when we write, all we do is we think about how would Rob you know, act this part. <laughs> I've always been interested in knowing what was your original idea for Miss Ginter. I the could original... never figure it out. <laughs> My original thought was I was, I, I got concerned about having an entire episode um, delivered by Brezier with, with that accent all the way through. So I wanted, well, I wanted sir... more of a straight, straight voice to kind of bounce off his more stylized voice. <laughs> So that, that was that was the original thought to split the dialogue up a little bit with 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 something a, a, a little straighter. But well, the but, with, but with the with the option that we could do a Cindy Lauper sort of voice, I didn't even consider that to to begin with. I don't know exactly where she came from. It was more of kind of it works. Holiday does Madame Arcardi. 
<laughs> that was sort of what happened when I read the script, and I thought, well, that's fun. I didn't figure you'd go with it. I was just screwing around. <laughs> no, it, it it completely works. It elevates a lot of that stuff more so than you know than what I ever expected it to. You know, it. it, it I was pretty happy with it. What, what the listeners are hearing so, right now is that we, we definitely listen to you guys. And, and, you know, we'll have ideas of our own sometime. And we'll sometimes say, no, no, we would rather have it this way. But a lot of the times, if you guys come to the table with something, we're just thrilled. <laughs> you know, well, I that's mean, part of the fun, too, is, I mean, we, I, mean I, I kind of like the fact that you guys have taken these characters and, 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 and made them your characters. Exactly. You know, Jonesy, the inspiration for that voice was Admiral Akbar from Star <laughs> <laughs> Not a lie. Admiral Akbar is actually an inspiration for my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, the next question comes from Scott Bobnick. Bobnick. Um, again, for those of you who have done stage and film work, uh, do you sometimes find yourselves performing the action suggested in the scene so that it sounds more natural? Kind of, I don't see you guys doing a lot, but <laughs> occasionally I'll see you guys making some motions or actions, uh, leaning into something. Or uh, I think Arthur sometimes gets pretty emphatic because he. Oh uh, acts. God, does Arthur get emphatic? Not <laughs> sometimes when he swings his arms. <laughs> you don't want to sit right next to him sometimes when that happens. <laughs> gets into it boy does he get into it wow <laughs> it scares you sometimes some of these scenes we don't want to act out yeah <laughs> i find sometimes with some of the characters i tend to use my hands more mm-hmm. um it's just a personal thing like you know some of the characters like cedric cedric could just sit and talk into the microphone but occasionally he'd like I, i'd shrug my shoulders you know that that well the character is kind of based on a cross between walter brennan and something else so I would sit there and do the, you know, the shoulder shrug to get that, you know, yeesh it, yeesh it, kind of thing. Uh, whereas with Don Marino, of course, I'm, I'm swinging, using my hands the whole time I'm talking. Uh, that's based on on just, you know, my my attitude toward it. But some of them, you know, the, yeah, the character does take on an attitude when you're sitting there on mic, which sometimes you don't even realize. Like somebody will be like for a character, they'll lean forward and lean on one side the whole time they're doing the character. And as soon as they switch or, or go off, they sit back and they're perfectly normal in the seat again. And some people do it. I, I watch people when they're working, try to, like I say, with the eye contact. Some people don't even realize they're doing it, which is really fascinating because like, they're really getting into it, but they don't know they're getting into it. And it's great to watch. Are you calling us all freaks? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think there's also the limitation of, as Peter, I think, mentioned earlier, that you are sitting there with the entire script in front of you. So you can't get too into any sort of action because you've got to keep your eyes on the script or not lose your place. Um, uh, you know, so there's only so much you can really do. But, yeah, I think some of the smaller actions and things like that or, like you mentioned, mannerisms. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, I'm going up to the next section of the Facebook uh, questions now. Um, we kind of tried to answer the one about Arthur Russell and Rowan Atkinson. That's from Mike or Mike Consiglio. Um, so the next one is from Jen Roth, who asks, uh, and this one's uh, particularly for Sonia. Uh, she's interested in what, Sonia, you have to say about Sparrow. Um, how much of your character's backstory and personality do you have in your mind that might not directly come out in the scripts but influences your performance? Wow, <laughs> that's kind of a loaded question, considering Sparrow's gone through quite a bit in her life. Um, I I personally love Sparrow. I feel, you know, I think she's a really strong, strong woman for 
going through what she's gone through. Um, so wait, what's the second half of the question? <laughs> Just how much of your character's backstory and personality do you have in mind that that is not necessarily in the script? D- does does her does your knowledge of her history inform the, pr- the whatever lines you're speaking at the time? I think is what she's asking. Now, now when we started you with Sparrow, we didn't give you a, a big backstory. We kind of no. we, we didn't tell you much at all. She was cause, right. because her role also grew over time. This is one where we knew she was like uh, you know his assistant, and that they had this long sort of history, and uh, and everything like that. But we we didn't really flesh that out until the series went along. So I think you kind of discovered things about her as as yeah, we did. I did. <laughs> so, <but laughs> I did. I, so maybe the the question is now when knowing everything you know about her, does it change how you read the lines? Have, have you evolved? I see. Um, as, you know, yes, actually it does. Um, when I first started with Sparrow, I knew she was very guarded and I knew that her, you know, there had to be reasons for her to be guarded. And I think as time has gone on, she's been able to kind of let, that guard down a little bit. So, um, yeah, I do think that she has evolved a lot. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, I think, I think if I took it as a, as a question of acting about like a process of how we create our characters, um, I think you do find things in your life with every character that kind of allows you to embody that character, to find familiarity with it. Um, so yeah, did did I answer the question? I think so. <laughs> does, uh, they, she also asked us of, of you know that it could be true of anyone. D- does anybody else have a character that they've worked with for a while that they feel that way about? Uh, I think uh, well, Tom Bradley mm-hmm. uh, has changed a bit, obviously, since the first season. Maybe not necessarily with the voice, although I did try to make him a little, a little like you said, a little more world weary by the second season because of what he went through. Uh, you know, we have a little background on him, obviously, from the character description, but what he goes through with, with uh, his wife and, and the whole town of Wormwood and, and Dr. Crow and everything, it, it does change him. And you try to reflect that a little bit. I mean, obviously, the only way you can do that is through your voice, but I've tried to reflect that a little bit in, in some of the long-term characters because he's one that's been around since episode one, and uh, you've got to, I, I see, as far as I'm concerned, you've got to progress with your character. You know, people will probably get very tired of hearing the same voice repeated over and over and over again. You've got to advance things. I notice with a lot of us, though, um, once we've become familiar with a character, our interactions with the other characters have definitely changed over the last, you know, two and a half, three years. Um, the relationships, I guess because we we're f- familiar with each other now, mm-hmm. but you'll notice the relationships have gotten different. Um, Sonia, I know your attitude toward Peter when he mm-hmm. was as, you know, as Sparrow versus Jimmy has definitely, because I've listened to some of the earlier episodes again, and it's definitely changed uh, as right. far as the relationship. So, yeah, I, I suppose our characters have developed as they went along. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, um, let's see. Next we have, this is kind of a fun question, Kelly Hodkinson. Uh, what character of the opposite sex do you wish you could have portrayed? <laughs> <laughs> don't all answer at once. Let's start uh, with you, Sonia. Come on. <laughs> no, I don't know. I was just laughing because that's a pretty funny question. Um, 
I think it would be fun to get to play Peter's part. Jimmy details. Jimmy details. Think it, yeah. Jimmy's fun. Yeah. Ben, how about you? <laughs> I, I would have to say I like Sparrow because uh, I think uh, she's 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 like a cool kick-ass girl, you know. And I think <laughs> you know if I think if I was if I was going to be a woman, I think that's who I'd want to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of like the the Laura Croft of, uh, <laughs> of you know, nice. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peter, how about you? Uh, I sort of like Deidre. She was kind of. Interesting, she was sort of sassy and cranky at the same time. (laughs) And, uh, uh, you know, I thought it was an interesting character because she would say whatever she wanted to to anybody all the time. You know, she didn't really, she held back her her history, but she didn't hold back anything she wanted to say, any opinions or anything. That's interesting. That's very true. I hadn't thought about it that way before. All right, Rob, how about you? Actually, I was thinking about it. I would have loved to have played Peggy Nolan because all I'd have to do is whine and cry for the entire time. <laughs> Anna, Anna has cried more. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I've, done, yeah. I've done all those scenes with her, and honest to God, that's all. She starts to cry before she gets to get into character. She's fun to watch getting into character, for one thing. Absolutely. But once she gets started, it's hysterical. I'm trying sitting there trying not to laugh because she really gets into it. And it's, I said, it, you appreciate the final result, but the character is like, I know it's like, I would love to do that for one episode. Just whine and cry the whole episode. And it's true. She really does get into character beforehand. Um, You know, just, this is something for the listeners that, you know, Anna is really one of those that has to go into a separate room for a little bit and get ready. And it's very different for her. It's a very different experience doing Peggy versus doing Lynette, which I mean, Lynette is a completely different character. You know, and she just does the voice differently and everything. And it really is, for her, one of those things where she has to get into it. And it's uh, pretty interesting to watch that. That's that's true. Bryony, how about you? Is there a male character that you uh, wish that you could do the voice for? Yes. Don Marino. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would have taken gone a completely different route with him. <laughs> What's the matter? You don't like the old man? What's the matter with you? <laughs> Pally, I would have done it a whole lot more Dean. Oh, <laughs> Dean Martin is done. <laughs> well, All right. Kelly also asks, who from town are you most like? That's a good question. In my case, well, that's, that's really hard because you're, I mean, well, for me anyway, it'd be hard for me to think of me being anybody other than the characters that I would play, that I play in the show. You don't think that there's somebody that just uh, represents you as a personality? You think you're more a little more Rachel than Sparrow, maybe? Mm. I see it as kind of a blend between them, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but it's not like I would think, like, like, you know, I would say, oh, I'm like a Deidre or anything. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the things you guys, you know, which you had already brought up, is, is that you guys also, you know, you write these these great stories but you hear our voices as you're writing it so Mm -hmm. i don't know right right well anyone else have an answer for that i think i'm probably closer to a male version of sparrow (laughs) i think like (laughs) sarcasm and cynicism are large weapons in my uh you're just trying to get down on that lara croft uh... (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) comparison 
<laughs> yeah, I wonder if we'd have different answers for this uh, back in season one as opposed to now. It seems like you know they they have been customized so much for each each person. That's very true. Or they, they, they they've taken on so many you know elements of each person that it's I think that'd be a hard answer. Ben, do you have an answer for that? Anybody that you relate to in town? Um, I yeah, it's hard to. I, I think like a, probably amalgamation of uh a lot of the characters you know some days i you know i feel like jimmy details you know some days you know i feel like don marino you know i I, it's you know it's like a little bit because i mean you know they're um they're they're characters i mean you know they're fictional but they're you know based in somewhat you know in some reality of something so they're taken from you know reality so it's i don't know there's facets of them that you know, I can identify with, but mm-hmm. having having had arguments with Ben before, I can uh, say that Xander Crow is probably <laughs> his explosions are probably similar to Ben. Interesting, interesting. I, I do, I do have, uh, I do have a little bit of a temper. <laughs> I, I only exhibit it to very close friends. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, let me ask this one then. Which is your favorite character to listen to? This was Kelly's last question for you guys. Do you have a favorite character that you just love listening to on the show? I say Jimmy Details, and not just because Peter is a good friend, but... He definitely like was a fun one. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. I, I, to be real honest, I kind of like listening when Joe does Hank Mason, mm. and yeah. he gets to the real, you know, that, that wonderful voice that he gets, uh... You know, especially the love scene that he did with with uh, was it with Deidre and the oh my god, yeah, the, yeah just I could absolutely. sit and listen to Joe for like a long time, especially as that character, because I know I know Joe. We've done shows together before outside of of Wormwood, and that's one of my favorite voices that he does. That's as close to his Lex Luthor voices we're going to get too. So, uh, for those who don't know, Joe is the voice of Lex Luthor in one of these Batman things. Yeah, he was in the uh, the DC versus Mortal Kombat video game. He was he was Lex Luthor. <laughs> oh, I, I had fun showing that to my kid and going like, "That's one of our actors." <laughs> but I really enjoy his voice. It's a really mellow, yeah. kind of relaxing kind of voice, which sometimes you need. You know, when you're sitting there listening to to Arthur screaming for 20 minutes, you just need a little you know softening yeah yeah no his his hank voice is great i mean we we love that that was exactly what we were kind of thinking for hank so that's a great one i actually really like dave johnston's uh uh uh, wayne drexel Uh, (laughs) something about his delivery we love Wayne. yeah (laughs) i mean i i I, we revealed that in the last writer's discussion that wayne was actually supposed to die uh, by the, before the end of season one, but we just you know couldn't even. I was having too much fun with Wayne towards the end that we actually had we killed um, Dale um, to fulfill the prophecy that Dexter had said that like Wayne would die a certain way, and we had we had Dale die that way because I just I felt like there were more lines that that Dave could pull off as, as oh uh, please Wayne. just just the co- just the coffee monologue alone is what, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so that's why. how many how many times can someone's voice break in one line? Is I know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, yeah, he does a great job with that. I gotta tell you that scene, uh, man, in second season when uh, Dave was playing Wayne, uh, Dale, and 
um, John, Jonathan Nolan? Jonathan, is that Jonathan yeah. Kidder. Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Kidder. Kidder. All in the same scene, I think, right? Oh, yeah, but he had to do all three at the same time. Yeah. It was all in the same episode. I don't know if there was ever all in the same scene. Yeah, there was one. No, maybe one was dead. Maybe. Himself. It was Wayne and somebody else actually talked to themselves. Talked yeah. to them. It was like, oh, we just sat there with our mouths open. <laughs> you, you seriously, because when you listen to a lady, you say, oh, it's, you're going to hear that. No. It sounded like two different people talking to each other. It was phenomenal. And I've done that myself a few too. times. I could just nod my head and say, yes, I acknowledge that was a great job. <laughs> All right, let's switch over to the um, – uh, uh, Jeremy, do you have up the forum questions now? Do you want to start with those? Um, give me a second. One. Uh, yeah, I have this. <clears throat> See, the first question we have is from Alex Gerlina. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, how much preparation do you need to get into character? I think we kind of covered that one already, but it would be yeah. nice to add to that. One um, good thing of the script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well, have you ever slipped into any of your characters in real life? Um, I actually one time was hanging out with a friend of mine who listens to Wormwood and I think I said something or I did something and they turned and looked at me and they were like, that was just so Sparrow. <laughs> and I was like laughing. I was like, really? <laughs> so yeah, that would be the only thing I can. I, I've discovered, I've discovered on occasions that when I get really angry, I turn into Don Marino, which is <laughs> not the most fun thing to do when you're, you're trying to talk to somebody and suddenly, you know, Broderick Crawford in Born Yesterday starts yelling at you. Which is where the inspiration came which, from. For that. that which may have been what prompted Miss Ginter to be real honest. The <laughs> think holiday was really my takeoff point. She somehow morphed into Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Spent some time in Brooklyn. You've you got to understand, folks. Brian and I are sitting next to one another at one computer, <laughs> so it's inevitable this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've slipped into Jimmy sometimes, but it's, it's like if I'm in a really good mood... Or something, because <laughs> he's such a it's such a giddy character, and uh, especially in season two and one, and uh, so yeah, if I'm in a good, playful, happy mood, I'm sure I sound a lot like that, but with a slightly lower voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, see, so what is your favorite line you've delivered so far? <clears throat> Any lines of dialogue? Oh, good. <laughs> my favorite line actually was not one that I delivered uh, Ben this is for you Yeah. when you tried to get the Brother Thermopolis thing out oh, Jesus that, I mean to this day I cannot even think about what happened with that number without losing it altogether because I mean, that thing just started as a very small little thing and snowballed into one of the funniest 20 minutes I think we've <laughs> Just, just as a refresher, what was that line again? <laughs> uh, forget it. I can't even talk. I can't. Even... I think you guys didn't. You guys like take away the last name or something. You're like, just, just don't say the last name. Or <laughs> it was something with Theophilus. Yeah, yeah. Theophilus. Yeah, it was the Church of Saint Theophilus the Penitent. I yes. think it was something like that, right? <laughs> but I had to say his name too. It was like Elias, and then oh, a bishop that, Elias. Right? Yeah, bishop. Yeah, and I, can't, I was saying Elias, and it was yeah. <laughs> it was just no, it just and it, it's like it happens to everybody. You get you know you get in a situation like that. But the thing is, we just couldn't stop laughing, even when you got it right. We couldn't stop, which was 
disasters. That's why the uh, that particular episode runs an extra fifteen minutes at the end. <laughs> when we do the outtakes, that one has fifteen I, minutes I, of outtake. I left. Yeah, I left the whole outtake of you trying to get it right on. <laughs> I know. I heard it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's a twisted thing to spit out, though. I mean, it's, <laughs> yes, it was. Does anyone else have a favorite line that either they've delivered or that they've heard someone else deliver? My very favorite one. It just touched my heart. Abacus <laughs> killed me every time. Just killed me. The whine, the cadence of it. I could hear it when I saw it on the page. I I enjoyed in uh, one of the Vegas episodes. I don't remember the fan's name, unfortunately. But Jimmy had some line like, <laughs> "You just killed Emma Wood- Emma Woodson or something like that." And I, yeah, I, remember, I remember that, that. was. You I described even how how the person died. I remember that. Yeah, it was something like electrocuting. More details. <laughs> that was fun. You didn't know how else to work right. that in. Might as well just say it directly. That's right. We had a contest. We had a con- for anybody who's you know maybe come along the show later. We had a contest in season two, which was be killed on Wormwood, and you had to come up with the most creative way to die on Wormwood. And we would use you in the show. And I want to say the name is Rose Turk. I think you're right. I, yeah. I think Rose That's Turk. Good. And 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 she had come up with idea that a mixing board accident yeah. with an electric guitar, electrocution, and stuff like that. And so, Tiffany and Jeremy, did you have part in that yeah. too? Yeah. Tiffany and Jeremy wrote that episode and had to kill off Rose Turk. <laughs> that was a funny one. That's a good line. <laughs> yeah, you just killed Rose Turk in a crazy mixing board accident. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I think one of my other favorite bits is when. Uh, Cedric would argue with little Abner. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I'd sit there barking at myself. That was, that was a strange occurrence. Thank God that's not going to happen again. seems like a good place to stop for this installment the actors are having a lot of fun answering your questions as you can see and uh, there's plenty more to answer so thank you for supplying them and we will bring the second half of our actors roundtable chat next week and uh, until then enjoy the time off i'm david acampo and i'll see you in town <laughs>